Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Uh, thanks for the change of venue. We're getting some completions over in the the team room, um, getting it fully functional. But you know, looking back at that game, um, I, I stated on on Saturday that it was an unusual game, a weird game, whatever you wanted to say. Um, and you're going to have those games, and a lot of times those games you don't end up on the right side of. And, and we were able to make enough plays um, in the second half offensively to open the score up, defensively to keep them um, out of the end zone. Uh, it was great. And, you know, we, we came away with a three-score win that, um, you know, when you're down 42-plus to 17-plus in the time of possession, it doesn't typically work out that way. When another team rushes the ball 54 times, it doesn't usually work out that way. So our team stayed together. Um, I thought special teams-wise, uh, we maybe had a, a slight advantage. And um, offense, like I said, we made enough plays down the stretch. And then defensively, we just uh, we bled a little bit. Uh, we bled a lot probably, but we're able to hold it together, especially down in the red zone to, to keep them you know, in the, in the field goal game. So um, bye week couldn't come at a, a better time for us. And uh, there's some healing to do. There's some... Um, just catching our breath in general, I think. That's that's the nature of football season, uh, being eight games in. And, and we got a big opponent ahead of us. So to get to an extra time, as they have the same the same uh, idea, I mean, they have the same thing in front of them, too, that extra week leading up to that Eastern Washington game. So with that, I'll open up to questions. Um, speaking of Eastern, have you jumped ahead of them in the rankings? I don't know how much you guys talk about that or think about that, but is there any um, just comment on being the number one ranked I hadn't seen that yet. We've been working all morning, um, so whatever. I guess um, you know we we get to play them on the field, and that'll ultimately determine how the two of us um, are after that that game. I, you know, you want to be um, positioned like we are um, at this point in the season to do all the things you can from a postseason perspective. But uh, we got three regular season games left. Uh, the most important one is the one in front of us, and. Um, you know, like where we're at, but we have ways to go as far as that's concerned. What is your approach to a bye week? How do you handle this, this time off? Well, I, I think uh, there's some healing, certainly, that, that needs, to, needs to occur. Um, I think there's some back-to-fundamental um, mindset that can occur. Uh, but it allows us more time to work on our next opponent. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but you put all those three things together, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. Our, our coaches will get out, myself included, get out and do some recruiting um, at the tail end of the week. Uh, so I think that's always an important part of what you accomplish in a bye week. Um, but I think more than anything, um, you know, it's it's an opportunity for us to kind of recalibrate, honestly, as a football team um, and with the idea that we can put our best football on display from here on out. Are there any updates to those injuries? Yeah, I think uh, the guys that didn't play on Saturday, um, I fully expect that they'll play um, in two weeks or less than two weeks now when we go to Cheney. Um, I think the, the James Campbell conversation continues to trend the right way as far as him being, I think, available. He'll, we'll work through it this week. Um, 
I'd probably say the same thing for Nate Stewart. Um, so, you know, as far as our, our, the health of our team, we got to work through that this week. We do have to heal, but uh, I anticipate that we'll be as healthy as we've been in, in some, quite some time. And so Chase is one of those. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you, I know it's hard to be impossible to prove, but do you think about the fact that you guys didn't play last spring and think about that you're going to have most of your starters for all but one, I guess? Uh, for this next game. Is that something that you think they need to factor? Well, I think so. I, I think, um, you know, those teams that play, there's a, an accumulation within the time period that's just you can't, you can't uh, ignore. And I think at the same time, our guys, while we went through spring ball, were given the opportunity to continue to um, heal in some regard but get stronger. You know, uh, injury prevention is such a big part of the weight room. And when you have to go through a season that doesn't, uh, like those teams did in the spring, that doesn't happen the same way. So, you know, um, yeah, I think it, I think it has played an impact. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll see in particular you know, how November plays out for, for all of us. I think, you know, first off, I think our approach, you know, um, in those seven games, we've been favored most, most of the weeks um, with really the exception of the Weber game. So I think our guys have understood that uh, to accomplish what we want on Saturday or the, the Weber game was the Friday, we got to go about our business in a similar manner each week and not, uh, you know, you're going to see a different scheme, um, maybe a different collection of, of talent. Um, you know, the, the stresses on our team based on what the other team brings to the table might be different, but we have to go about our business each week. And that's what I think a mature team does. I, I think that's what a team that has, uh, has big goals can do. Um, so I have appreciated our approach. I think on the field, we've, uh, our effort level has been consistent. And those are things we can control. We can't always control the other team's ability to make plays because um, they, they're trying as well. But just our approach and our effort has been uh, – has been on par every week. And, you know, honestly, I think the approach continues to improve. Now, I think from an improvement perspective, um, I know out of that game, that's probably the, the poorest we've tackled. And, and certainly some credit goes to Idaho State in that regard. Um, I didn't think we finished blocks particularly well, you know. So I know that's, that's the ground-based level of football is blocking and tackling. And we have to do both of those better. And is that um, a product of, you know, playing eight consecutive games? Probably to some degree and, and being banged up like we were. So, you know, we hope that we can come out of this bye week on the other side and, and really continue to function from a preparation perspective, effort perspective, but then an execution perspective, kind of putting it all together. Uh, just uh, with, the, with the passing game, especially early on mm -hmm. uh, in that game, did you see anything on film specifically that, or, or talk to Matt, I guess, about what went on? Well, was a, there was a combination. I know Matt missed a few throws, overthrew Lance on the first play, overshot Trayton on a play. Um, there was a couple times he probably had to throw early, um, at least one in particular uh, because of a protection uh, bust. And then there was a couple routes we maybe didn't run as crisply from a depth perspective. So. You know, the passing game is typically more uh, than just a quarterback. And, 
you know, it certainly is part quarterback, but it's it's part protection, it's part route running, um, and it was a little bit of all of that. And you know, the the focus typically goes to the quarterback, though. Um, so that's why it was nice to see us work out of that. Um, we protected better in the second half. Um, you know, we, we made we made some plays. Um, we got guys open. I know you know our last touchdown to Willie was a coverage bust, but Matt still has to recognize it and throw a good ball, which he threw a perfect ball. Um, you know, Lance and there was about a three-play sequence the end of the third quarter. Um, didn't come up with a ball that he probably typically comes up with, but we went after him a couple plays later as the field flipped and he scored a touchdown. So I think there was some positives to be gained out of the second half, and and we got to build off of that because. Uh, we can't be one-dimensional. I think we all understand that. And um, you know, as we we head down the stretch here, um, the passing game is going to have to be effective just as much as our running is. As a former quarterbacks coach yourself, what would you kind of tell Matt McKay in that situation where he's throwing kind of more inaccurate balls? What would you kind of tell him on the sideline? Well, I think just to relax. A lot of times, um, like the first play, sometimes you go out there and you're a little hyped up, I guess. You know, and he put a little bit too much on it. Um, I think for Matt, I think accuracy is um, is one of his strengths uh, for sure. So, you know, if, if typically he's inaccurate, it's more about his, his footwork. Um, it's more about his pace um, than it is anything else. Uh, so relax and move on to the next play. And that's hard sometimes. You know, you get an accumulation of either a few plays in one game or you know, maybe a couple weeks back to back. There's there's an effect there. So. You know, there I hope can be a little bit of a, a reset in his mind this week. You know, you look back at the big picture of eight games. I think we're we're still right around 65% um, completion percentage. He we're still in that uh, whatever he is now 14 to one touchdown to interception. I think you know, I mean, those are our numbers that uh, you know jump off the page a little bit as far as what we're trying to do. But it, you know, if you isolate it just the last two weeks, you can get pretty frustrated. So I think just bringing him back and and. You know, fundamentally for him, I think going back and cleaning some things up, uh, timing, timing-wise, cleaning some things up are, are certainly going to be, you know, uh, on the ta- on the task list these these next couple days for sure. How would you describe Matt's ability to kind of flip from that three and out, like y'all had at Idaho State last week, to uh, be able to focus on the next drive? How would you say he handles putting that behind him and focusing on the next? Drive? Well, I think he's getting better. You know, I, I think. Um, I think Matt lived in a world at NC State where a mistake might get him yanked, you know, especially the tail end of his uh, his time there when he was playing. And to get beyond that and know that he can make some mistakes and we have confidence in him, um, I think he's, you know, I think that lingers maybe a little bit. But we have confidence in Matt and, you know, he's got to be able to not only put a play behind him but learn from a play. You know, there was a, you know, a couple – Couple plays in the game that, to the naked eye, are, are small things, but he missed once, and we came back with the same play, and he corrected himself. So, you know, those are thing, things that I know we can build off of him, uh, build, build off with him, and you know, um, we need, need him to be a confident playmaker as we go down the stretch. He doesn't need to do it all himself. I think that's that's a clear message. Um, he can make some mistakes, but he's got to have confidence to move on from those mistakes at the same time. How do you feel about Byron's? Uh... Yeah, um, uh, really pleased. You know, uh, to to be a guy that's a role player playing probably in the teens, as far as the number of reps to jump into the, I think he was above fifty. You know, that's a that's a big ta- that's a big task, and to be able to 
be told or, or you know that that's going to happen in the morning of the game um, isn't the easiest thing. But but he really stepped up to the challenge. He's a different player than Chase. Um, you know he's. He uh, isn't quite the playmaker, um, and, and there's there's hardly anybody in our league that's the playmaker that Chase is. So pleased with him. Um, Blake Schmidt played well. Uh, I think Sebastian continues to, to grow in his role, and then and Blake Hill, you know, I think is is continuing to play solid football. So, you know, I, I think that was the comforting thing, knowing that Chase couldn't play. That those four guys had played a lot of football. It wasn't like we had to insert someone in the in the mix that hadn't played at all. And now Byron in particular had to play a lot more and had to be, was called upon to do more. But, uh, you know, at the end of it, I think we were really pleased with his efforts. And I think there was some talk about, you know, getting run on because Chase and Callahan weren't there, but they only had 3.9 yards to carry. After that first drive, it seemed like you guys didn't give up a lot of yards. Yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of rushes, um, you know, and they were able to get themselves in. I think our first down, their first down production um, in getting into second and six, second and five. You know, that happened way too much, and that was the, that was more than just the, the D line. It was more than just missing Callahan. You know, we were. Um, a little off, and, the, and, and credit to them, they're back. You know, he's a, the, the primary back was a, was a big back. It wasn't like, you know, knocking him back was probably going to be in the cards a whole lot. So when he's getting made contact at maybe two instead of zero at times, and those runs are four and five instead of two or three, I think that's what happened quite a bit in that game. Um, you know, and, and you look at the big picture of that game, they had 80-plus plays, all that time of possession. They really didn't have any big plays. So, you know, 20 to 20, whatever, um, yeah, we gave up, we gave up some yards. Um, it was frustrating. We couldn't get off the field as much as we like, but, but ultimately the nine on the scoreboard was, was, is the bottom line. And, you know, um, yeah, I thought, you know, we made enough plays to get them off the field enough um, and get the ball back to our office, but offense, but it wasn't this prototypical game by our defense. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Yeah, you know, I, I look back at the beginning of the season and, and we thought Nolan was really playing well and backing up both guys and, um, you know, unfortunate injury for him and that, that thrust both Danny and, and Alex into the position where they were one play away and, and I thought, you know, through that next stretch of games going back to Portland, they got a little bit of time. We were able to play them quite a bit more. Um, I think between Northern Colorado and Cal Poly, they really didn't play much against Weber. I think Callahan and Troy took the lion's share of the reps. So for them now to have to step up and, and really rotate and, and be a starter collectively, um, I think they were ready for it. Were they perfect? No. But I thought they, they both made some plays in that game. Alex had a big tackle for a loss um, inside their five on a second down. Uh, that was, you know, the, game, the outcome was still in the balance. Um, I heard Danny's name get mispronounced a whole lot during the game. I know that. Um, 
that's that's an easy task to <laughs> to do mispronounce his name but but no they, those guys have really grown and, and you know I think then what happens is those two get pulled off a of special team so we had some guys that have had to step, step up on special teams as well and we really didn't see a drop off there either so um yeah it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff there those guys their growth and for them to step up and and be able to fill that void in a, in a game that um you know there was a lot of things that were you know not from a from a health perspective weren't in our favor um, that's what this is all about you, we got to have guys ready to go we got to have that next man up mentality that we can't you know we're not going to skip a beat with a bye week that's fairly late in the season and right before a pretty tough stretch of games including cat grades have you or do you start to prepare a little bit ahead of time you know, or do you solely focus on, on Eastern? Uh, I think we we look one one opponent at a time now I, I think you can you can it depends on the layout of your your schedule um, your future opponents all that kind of stuff I I think in a sense the healing and the back to fundamental work is about the long haul um, but as far as the specific prep I think it best serves us to be um, focused on Eastern Washington um, you know you you see our, our guys get some opportunities that are, are being shown you know either on local channels or at the game I, I think that's been a positive um, you know I, I think it's still something that um, our supporters are probably trying to figure out and sort out. I, I know, you know, generally speaking, you know, as an athletic department, we're hands off. I mean, we, we provide education and, and guidance. I mean, and that's really what we can do. So I, I think there's been some good opportunities for our guys. And, um, you know, we got some acting, acting actors out there, it looks like. Um, and no, I think it's, I think that's good. I think, you know, at the FCS level, um, if if you're at a program that's supported well like we are, I think those opportunities now they're not going to be maybe crazy money opportunities, but those any any opportunity that a guy has to 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 make some extra money is um, is a good thing, you know. And if it benefits both sides, um, you know, I, I think that's a real positive thing. I think that's the that's the reason for the rule. I don't think it's these crazy deals necessarily that are the reason for the rule. Um, and I, I think. I think within the grand scheme of things in FCS, I, I, I'm certain that we could probably grow it around here, and I, I think we have the supporters that would uh, probably want to jump on board. Is something at all that comes up in recruiting? Well, I think you can, uh, um, you can point it out, you know, and I, I think it's too early to quantify it, though. I, I think to put any kind of dollar figure on it right now and what that's going to equate to moving forward I, th I think that would be a problem but I, I think we can point out that hey you know all these guys had you know commercials or whatever and, and these guys did this I think we can definitely point that out and, and again and I think it comes with being at a program that's supported so well you know I I think to me um, 19 plus thousand stands in the fans or you know, or fans in the stands is a um, a much more important thing than the NIL. I, I know that, and, and to have that now five games into it, um, you know that's been awesome. I know we have we've guaranteed one more home game, and I, I hope we can have a, a crowd much the same because um, that's what makes as big a difference both on game day and the impression it makes to recruits um, than anything else. Is Troy tired of seeing him? 
I don't know. I haven't asked him. I know there's always a little bit of a joke about everybody heading to the fifth quarter in the locker room after a win, so um, we can we can all laugh about it. Any, any probably <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Yep. Very silly question, um, but Halloween coming up this week, I don't know if you saw Mike Leach's post-game interview. Favorite candies for Halloween? I would not go that deep into it. I did see it. Um, I won't analyze candy eating nearly as much as Coach Leach. It was pretty entertaining. Um, I don't know. I'd have to, I like peanut M&Ms. How's that? I, I wouldn't. And I don't mind candy corn, unlike Coach Leach. You, know, uh, you mentioned recruiting. Um, are you are you guys still dealing with the same kind of any COVID related restrictions or anything like that, or is it kind of back to normal? Uh, we're back to back to normal. In fact, um, what they did in the fall is our evaluations jumped from forty two to fifty six, and all that is is you have fifty six opportunities to have one coach out on the road for a day, where you can you can go to a high school or high school once essentially so that that was the the biggest adjustment here in the fall and we've utilized some in-person evaluations through the fall um, across the state of Montana now this week we'll get out in some uh, some different areas where we recruit and spend some time both in schools and watching games Um, so yeah it's you know recruiting in itself is really back to normal I I know the numbers game relative to um, you know, six-year guys and all that, that's going to change because those six-year guys are going to count. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge that we all face is um, roster turnover is is different. Um, they have allowed for some relief with transfers. That's a changing rule. Um, up to seven spots to replace transfers to add on to your initial counters, which is, you know, uh, I don't think that's going to affect us very much. We're not going to have that many initial counters anyways, but those are the biggest changes relative to both COVID and then the the, the transfer. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Yeah, it was it was challenging, um, you know. And there was you know, as remote as as we were in Laramie. I mean, there was more cases of guys that we hadn't met in person than vice versa. The way things played out, because we didn't have the spring where you typically are in high schools. We didn't have the camp season where you can get around and see guys, and then you didn't have um, unofficial visits during the season. So. Um, I know the one one of the guys that I had si- signed from or was a lead recruiter, I guess um, we all signed him. But uh, last last December from Logan, Utah, the first time I saw him was out in the field before we played uh, Wyoming. So um, those the, hopefully those days are, are past where it's so much sight unseen. I think you know um, where that dynamic of getting to know someone in person. I do think it it grew. Our ability to, to utilize FaceTime and Zoom, which I do think is is a positive deal, especially in this day and age. But at the same time, being you know in person with someone is ultimately the best, whether that's on campus or you know in their school in their home. Do you try to remind your guys or yourself 
now going into the bye that you guys haven't really had a letdown, you know, you've kind of beaten everybody's supposed to, I mean, depending on what you look at, but is that something you talk about at all? Well, I think I think you definitely recognize that um, eight games in with three to play, um, we're positioned well. Um, nothing has been guaranteed to us yet. Um, you know that'll come out of these weeks, and we got to treat these weeks as their own opportunities. We can't look at this uh, if we do this over these three weeks. We can't look beyond this next game, any of that. But I, I think I think the biggest thing is to recognize what got us here. Um, it's the consistency in our preparation and our effort that I alluded to before. I, it, it's not that uh, just because we're ranked whatever right now, everything's going to be handed to us. It's okay. Uh, there's a lot, we're not any different a team really ranked whatever we are today, ranked whatever we were two months ago. We're, we're the same group of guys. We got to do things the same way to get to the position we ultimately want to. So. Um, yeah, I think recognize where we're at and, and applaud that, but uh, you know we really haven't accomplished anything yet. No one's given out any trophies for where you're at eight weeks into the season. I know that. I know you were pretty excited to play on ESPNU before, and now a little bit into the season, what are your thoughts, your program's thoughts on that ESPN deal? Yeah, um, I think this transition to ESPN, um, not only for that game and, and for the other game in the league, um, just the platform is much—it's uh, much more out there. I know a college football fan that's going to flip through the channels um, like they maybe would have that Friday night. It's going to find themselves in that game whether they're looking for it or not. Uh, a college football fan that, that has ESPN Plus is going to look through games and, and, and find one, and that might be ours um, or games in our league. And then for our fans, I, I hope it's been—you um, know—outside of the the blacked-out game. I hope it's been a um, a good change for them as well, um, and you know ESPN is, is such a recognizable brand, um, and it's you know it's kind of what everybody thinks of when they think of a sports station. I mean, it's pretty simple. So, you know, I think it's been a good move for the league, and, and you know our opportunity to be one of those those standalone games was a great opportunity. Coulter, do you have anything? Yeah, sure, coach. I got a couple for you. Um, just in terms of recruiting. Do you guys have territories for your for your assistant coaches? Or how does the strategy work just in terms of who's going to go where when you guys get to recruiting? Yeah, we each each assistant coach has a has a territory or a region. Um, this go around, we're doing a little bit of crossover by position, but it's primarily area recruiting. Um, but yeah, there's two ways to tackle it, and I you know what you want is. You know, I've always felt like you got ten assistants that are have a recruiting area. You want the workload to um, to balance out pretty well. Um, not one guy to have too much and, and one guy to have too little. You want it to balance out relative to, you know, I guess their positions, um, what they're called to do on game day a little bit. So our coordinators are maybe tasked to do a little bit less from a on the ground perspective. But you know, all our guys are part of it. I'm part of it. Um, it certainly is what what ultimately feeds us is recruiting and, and, you know, getting the right type of guys that can come here and really, you know, flourish both on and off the field. Just from your perspective, obviously you've done recruiting a lot throughout your days and had a lot of success doing it, but how do you expect it to go your first time as a head coach at Montana State? And what's different about recruiting to the state of Montana maybe than, than your previous stuff? Well, I think right now we have a, an awesome – um, opportunity to, to sell on all levels. Um, Montana State is flourishing, um, growing. Um, 
is a, is a great place to get an education. I, I think our football program is, you know, um, doing things both on and off the field that uh, are showing tremendous progress. And then I think the, you know, what's happening here in Bozeman and the, the growth and all the things that are going on, I, I think all those things play together. I, I think the, the airport certainly plays into it, the ease of uh, people getting here. Um, both from an unofficial visit perspective, but then also for us to be able to get places, um, for us ultimately to bring kids in on official visits, I think that plays plays a strong part. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, it's a recognizable brand. And, um, you know, comparing it to the other two spots, there's there's certainly there's certainly differences. And, and, you know, I like where we're, I like where we're positioned, um, not only in our region, but our conference. And, you know, I, I think we got, we got a few spots left this this year. I think we're on the right track, but but it's generally how you finish out the recruiting class that really um, is the the telling sign of how you do. And last recruiting question for me is the uh, rent prices in Bozeman are super high, as I think everybody probably listening to this knows. Does that affect recruiting? I mean, do you have this budget in a different way, or I mean, I guess if you're going to be bringing guys in, and someday they're going to be well, I, I think it's a I think it's a factor. I know initially the guys live on on campus, um, and that's obviously a controlled price. But you know, I think what we've tried to do is do more for our guys um, within the within the NCA rules to offset the cost. I, I think. Um, you know, uh, rent prices are are there because this is a, a great place to be. I think you try to balance that whole thought process out. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I know we feel like um, we wish there was more options for our guys. Um, that's getting into a whole other uh, area, I suppose. But uh, you try to be as upfront as you can. And like I said, you, you know, offsetting the cost of living with why, you know, it's, it's a great place to be. And, and that's why, you know, the, the costs are what they are. And just two more for me. One, I, I um, always stand on the table for Chase Benson because I think he's one of the best. I, I talk about it on my show all the time, just how good a player he is. I thought Saturday was a good affirmation for that. But, I mean, what what does he do well? I mean, why is he so dominant on the inside from a, just a schematic football perspective? Well, he's a big, strong athlete, first off. He is a he is strong, you know, and it's, it's maybe not everything weight room strong necessarily, but he can play. He plays really strong. And, you know, he's got a motor that doesn't stop. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that is certainly proven, but the way he works, you'd never suspect it. You know, um, he's tough as nails. Um, and he's not a, you know, in our defense to play in the inside, sometimes you're a guy that has to take on a bunch of guys so someone else can be freed up. And that doesn't bother him a bit. I, I think the unselfish nature of who he is, um, his work ethic, um, along with a bunch of ability. I mean, that's kind of the the perfect package of, of a, what you're looking for inside there. You know, you need a guy that's going to, you know, bring his hard hat and his lunch pail, that whole deal. And I think Chase personifies that, you know, along with being a guy that's that's got a whole bunch of ability. Well, it seems like he doesn't really say two words, but that he's very beloved by his teammates. So is that just a perfect example of leading by example? Yeah, no question. You know, uh, um, I know this. If he says anything, everybody's going to listen to it because those those comments are pretty far and few and far between. But, 
Yeah, he's he's pretty straightforward. That's not his deal to be out in front. But you need leaders like that. That uh, and we talk about that. You need leaders in all um, guess shapes and sizes. And, and he's that type of guy that uh, you know he's going to do the dirty work. Um, he's going to work his tail off. He's he's not going to be a guy that uh, any one of our younger guys looks at and, and he's cutting any corners. Um, so yeah, you know he's. He's that piece of the puzzle within our captain group that uh, personifies, you know, they talk about uh, leaders carrying water. I mean, that's, that's who he is. He's, he's that to a T. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news.